1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate
0: responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping
2: a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And
1: the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mm. Mm, grilled onions and a butter bagel too thumbs up for mcdonald's steak egg
2: and cheese bagel for breakfast love it i participate in mcdonald's the madhouse chicago hockey podcast is brought to you by triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris at 708-478-6090 the black oak in oakland the south suburbs finest casual upscale dining amariska's in crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 let's drop the puck
1: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo. It's
2: not even so much
1: me as it's Ronick. he's good. And 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawaski. You
2: don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net, you don't got dinky doo.
1: Welcome into this uh, Sunday night edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo with NBC5 Chicago and with me as always is the one, the only, father of the year, Jay Zawaski. Jay, how is today in paradise? How is it treating you?
2: Oh, it's lovely. Um, At about eight, what's well, nine o'clock now, on the dot, uh, and at eight o'clock, I hear my wife yelling, and I run upstairs to find out that my daughter is puking all over the place. Yay! So, yeah, so the kid that cries wolf, she says her stomach hurts every night to try to get out of going to sleep as i think most kids six years old do you kind know? of traditional yeah it's it's always like oh my stomach hurts my legs hurt blah blah blah. okay shut up go to bed you know typical stuff so then the one time it's actually true and they actually aren't lying to you about their ailments you feel awful when you don't believe them but um it's just you know I, of course i'm going out of town tomorrow so something has to go bad here That's exactly how work. can't That's have everything
1: plan. going well obviously
2: No, that's, and I I remember when I was a kid, too, anytime my dad would leave town, he traveled a lot for work, and anytime he would leave, something horrific would happen at or to our house. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, it never failed. It never failed. So, uh, hopefully she just ate too much crap, which is not too far of a stretch of the imagination, considering my parents were here yesterday, and we had junk food then, and we had some junk food today, and she's been running around and playing, so hopefully um, it's just a one-time thing, but... (sighs) yeah that's fun so let's drop the puke let's yeah let's
1: let's do that sorry i I got a little bit distracted toward the end of your uh story my cat angry that i will not let him sit on my lap is now drinking out of the toilet
2: well that's what you know you're gonna have some puke on your hands too apparently
1: I, i just i like looked over i like heard him jump up i was like are you freaking kidding me and sure enough he's sitting there his head is completely in the bowl, and it's, like, taking all of my restraint not to go over there and kick him in. Just, like, make him go all the way into the bowl.
2: But, uh, you probably couldn't do that. Cats, like, they can put up a fight and, and claw their way, so they just hang. He would just hang on the bowl. He yeah, he she. probably would.
1: Hey, yeah, well, that that's my cat for you. I guess he takes after his owner, just being a generally reprehensible
2: idiot. That's so, true.
1: Anyway, I mean, we I guess we have hockey to talk about. Maybe we should do that.
2: Are we just ignoring the game? Well, you were at the Joe. so let I was at the Joe. Let's start there. The game, uh, let's not talk about that, but let's talk about your experience at Joe Lewis Arena. Tell us uh, who you went with and what you thought of your time at Joe Lewis Arena.
1: As As we have discussed a lot this season, I had been talking about wanting to go up to the Joe just to experience it, and I figured the last game there against the Blackhawks would be a pretty... Interesting experience and I have to say there are two elements to Joe Lewis Arena One is when you're actually in the seating bowl and in the rink area Phenomenal the atmosphere there is fantastic all the banners hanging from the ceiling the seats are rickety and ripped and nasty and You feel like you're in an old-school hockey rink when you're inside the Joe. It's really really cool once you go out in the concourse, however, it's a cluster. It's horrifying. As somebody who doesn't like big crowds generally, that was a little unnerving for me because you had to deal with all of the people because I don't know for people who haven't been to Joe Lewis Arena at the United Center, you've got like three levels. Everything's cool. At the Joe, everybody's on the same level. Everybody.
2: Yeah, it's one big level And
1: so I ended up posting some pictures On various social media accounts Of the massive humanity That I had to fight through To go to the bathroom between periods I did not get back to my seat Until there was about 11 minutes left In the second period And I left as soon as the first period ended So it was A little bit of an adventure Trying to get back to my seat So between that and the fact There's not railings When you're walking up and it can get kind of steep because the stairs are really skinny. Other than those two things, I really, I enjoyed the Joe a lot. Uh, Thanks to my friend Jason for buying the tickets and Jay, I bought you a present.
2: Is it my Sergey Fedorov? jersey? There were no
1: Sergey Fedorov jerseys in the place, which was really mildly disappointing because I would have considered doing that as a joke more so than anything, but I knew you would have appreciated it. no, i bought you they had these awesome pucks and they have the farewell to the joe logo on them i, I picked one up for you so
2: oh you, you, very you, cool that's you can awesome. add that
1: red wings uh piece of memorabilia i was gonna give it to you yesterday if we did the podcast at your house but you had to ruin the plan
2: yes yes life happened uh it's been a yeah. very life-filled weekend uh that's for sure <clears throat>
1: As your weekends tend to be, yeah.
2: Well, but... so I went to the Joe uh, a couple years. I think I went in 2014 um, with my with. Uh, I, I, I'm not I don't name drop. I'm You're not gonna. Name drop, no, I'm not gonna you? do it now. I'm not doing okay. it. I went with a, a friend of mine who's a big Red Wings fan, and um, it was cool to go with someone who really knew like the lay of the area and knew where to go, knew how to get us in the building, and all those things. Uh, did you walk through like the weird, like twisty, turny? uh ramp yes yeah it's just such a weird city and yeah i didn't think it, really it was is. quite as as creepy and scary as a lot of people sort of set me up for it to be um but it was just kind of i don't know what 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 strikes me about detroit is that look there, there's all kind of things in chicago that have closed buildings that haven't been, stopped being used et cetera, et cetera. but when they're done they get rid of them They don't just let them stand there and rot for eternity. And that's kind of the problem. And and it's funny, like you mentioned, or you see like you drive through uh, any neighborhood in Chicago or any neighborhood in the suburbs, anything. If the area around, you know, like if there's businesses that are open, if there's uh, lawns and and homes that are maintained, it just makes the neighborhood, uh, I think people like bad people weird people people that are looking for trouble tend to stay out of those areas and i know economics play a huge role i'm not just saying that but wouldn't you think like if those buildings are there and they're removed it creates less opportunity for shady blocks and shady areas but i guess when your city is bankrupt you can't really afford to even demolish and and they're gonna have
1: to figure out a way to pay to demolish joe lewis arena i was reading about it they are planning on Uh, tearing it down and there was a big brouhaha about who was going to pay for it because the city of Detroit, as far as I know, owns the arena. So they're going to, I guess, redevelop the land and do whatever. And I think the Red Wings are moving close to Ford Field and Comerica Park and they're going to share the new Little Caesars Arena, or as I'm going to call it, the pizza box. They're going to share it with the uh, (laughs) Pistons. So I think it's going to be Really interesting when they move into that area because I think it's more conducive and designed to the sports kind of atmosphere. Having them like kind of all in a central district like a lot of cities do. And I, I, it might lose a little bit of the character because I really do think the Joe has a very unique character. It, it definitely nothing, co- nothing cookie cutter about that place. It is a very interesting no. building.
2: It almost feels as if it was just kind of crammed into the city like where can we where can we shoehorn this building in because that's like you said there's only like a few ways in and out of it and everyone goes Uh the same ways um but i i think you know i had a similar experience to you when i was there but like for me the first thing i thought was when i walked in there and again it was three years ago walking to that building and seeing like that iconic uh, like the flat-walled entrance where it says yep. Joe Louis Arena, like all the sort of B-roll they would show during a Hawks and Red Wings game. To see that in person was really cool, and it was kind of like, ooh, my initial feeling was negative because I all those images are associated to me with the yeah. Hawks losing, <laughs> you know, like forever and ever and ever. I mean, I've been a Hawks fan for, you know, what, almost 30 years now, and it, and it's for a lot, a lot, a lot of those years, especially the ones where I was going to games and, you know, using my own money to attend. The Hawks were getting their asses kicked by the Red Wings on a regular yeah. basis. So those sort of, those visuals of the Joe Lewis Arena, to me, it, 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 at first glance, were negative. Like, oh, like it just gave me the chills and seeing the, you know, the hockey town on the ice and just the whole ambiance of that building. But I went there for a neutral game. It was wings and Leafs, um, But like you said, like a full house, really, really cool, um, great atmosphere, like you mentioned, and and you're right. Like every seat in mm-hmm. the house is good, you know that you're close to the ice, no matter where you are. But uh, if the, there's still time, if you guys want to get up there, I, think they, had, the I think they had, they eight but... or
1: nine more home games. I think they played tonight, so I think they only have eight. But yeah, they they did like they're doing a little countdown, like eight games left, and blah blah blah. So and it's just it's so cool like just looking up at the rafters and seeing 11 Stanley Cup banners that was um that was pretty cool I'm not going to lie I definitely made it a point to take a picture of that after the game
2: did you also make a point to stand up right in front of the camera as action was going on like all the Red Wings Well, fans it's did... because
1: where where are you going to put a camera that you're not going to have fans in front of it though that's the problem oh, like there's no like separate levels there's like really nowhere to put a camera that's not going to be obstructed it's one of the quirks of the building i guess
2: did i tell you about the press box there no you did not um so you guys have seen you know footage of the united center wrigley field whatever the press box is you know multi-layered uh tiers of seats even in crappy old buildings like wrigley field oh it's yeah not the been press been box at
1: wrigley is a uh it's a little bit of a dump I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie.
2: okay, but it still seats a lot of people. Joe Lewis Arena, if you go up in the press area and I'm talking about like where the radio and TV play by play men are, the hallway is so narrow you have to put your back against the wall and shove through. Two, two people cannot go through the hallway up there, okay? It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it before. I don't know how they function in a press box like that.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty crazy, and I can echo everything that you've said about Wrigley Field, the lack of air conditioning, and it's definitely not got any bells and whistles at all. It's kind of funny going to all the different arenas in Chicago and just seeing how different they all are. Like, you go to a White Sox game beautiful press box so much room up there it's comical how big it is go to the united center it's pretty nice it's not the biggest thing in the world but adequate seating for everybody you get a lot of people in there go to wrigley field Eh, all the creature comfort stuff is done you are not gonna have any of that yeah it's so
2: i I don't it's, it's funny and i think wrigley eventually will be uh, upgraded. I'm sure it's not like on top of their priorities, but they're going to keep Wrigley Field, and they're going to have to improve. It, that. It,
1: I think it's like the last, like I think it's like the last year of the project. They said they're going to work on the press box, the new media room, the new media room at Wrigley is amazing. God, is it cool?
2: I've not been in there yet, but uh,
1: it's it's fantastic.
2: I will have to check it out because I remember the old locker room. I have not been in a new locker room yet. I know you have.
1: Oh, yes, the new clubhouse is mind boggling <laughs> how huge it is it's so crazy well
2: the old one was on the equivalent of my high school locker room for real like it was very equal to that mm-hmm. all right let's talk about some hockey shall we some actual puppets. yeah let's do that all right well a solid win today um against the Minnesota Wild a four-point game as coach Q called it and uh he <laughs> called it a must win too which was kind of out of character not something you hear him say a lot but they've, t- they, you know what though? They've been treating those Minnesota games like
1: must-win must games all season. They have,
2: and I think they said that leading into the uh, last time or the time before they played them as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Artemi Panarin scored on a one-timer. Can you believe it?
1: <laughs> and everyone uh, sent you one-trick pony references. By the way, if he ever sign, if he ever scores a hat trick, I'm gonna buy you a six-pack of a uh, one-trick pony pilsner. That sounds great. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, I, it's a benefit to you, I guess
2: yeah I would see like you said though everyone tweeted at me this is sort of taking on a life of its own and I again I don't think he's bad I get the
1: sense that everybody gets I hope so it's just it's fun it's just fun to do it you know I don't
2: want to back on the guy but every time he scores a goal my my point is proven I got a tweet the other day saying he's not a one-trick pony goal scorer he's he's really good defensively and gets a lot of assists I said yes and all of his goals come from a one-timer which makes him a (laughs) one-dimensional goal scorer that's my point he's not a one-dimensional player he's a one-dimensional goal scorer that's all yeah um yeah but I don't, again we said this last week and I, I still feel this way let's just get to the playoffs let's go I, I can't get worked up about these regular season games anymore um all the questions i've had um have pretty much been answered right yeah. nick schmaltz is for real ryan hartman is for real richard Panic seems to be for real uh Johnny Oduya and his two games with the Hawks this year has looked like the Johnny Oduya we saw in years past there was a couple turnovers today uh, a couple tough plays for him but he did that back in the day too and usually yeah. would make up for it so um everything seems to be where it needs to be so let's just get to the playoffs please
1: were, were you surprised that uh Q had said and Oduya sit in the second half of the back-to-back the other day
2: uh I was surprised they sat at all um but yes I was. I, I you know, I, and I like it. I'm not mad about it. If you got No, I'm not either if you've got guys who are not a hundred percent that you know you need to win the Stanley Cup, especially Nicholas Jalmerson, uh give mm-hmm. them the rest when they need it. Again, this And boy
1: you could tell though how badly they missed them in that game where I was sitting oh. I, I, I sat at the uh whatever I sat at the end of the rink the Blackhawk shot at twice. Mm-hmm. Every single defensive lapse that they committed, I was able to see because you can see the play unfolding in front of you like that. It would yeah Michael Roosevelt did a bunch of dumb crap. Duncan Keith had a couple of really bad passes. Trevor van Riemsdyk did that thing where he was bad at hockey a lot uh-huh. of the time. It just like it, it was a very weird experience like just watching them be completely awful defensively. They made so many mistakes that night. And that and that was why Detroit won the game. The Blackhawks could not take care of the puck at all. And then today, Minnesota dominated possession, had tons of chances, used their speed a lot, but it didn't matter because the Blackhawks weren't making horrible mistakes that were allowing really quality chances. It was just a quantity thing more so. And Corey Crawford played out of his skull today. He played an incredible game. And
2: he's seeming to return to that forum that he was at uh, before the injury. And that's right in time. And you saw that, uh, what's his name? Uh, George glass or Jeff glass, whatever Jeff glass was sent down today. And I saw that darling had been skating. So I wonder if he's, they were saying two, three weeks for him.
1: Yeah. Quenville was saying he's pretty sure. I think darling is traveling with the team to uh, Montreal. So I think the thought process is that he's going to be healthy enough to back up.
2: That's encouraging. That's a good thing. But um, you mentioned how crappy they looked against Detroit. I, You know, this is the meatball fan of me coming out, but they didn't seem like they were totally interested in being there that night. I completely agree. And I don't yep. want to be that this is Detroit. It's an original six. It's your rival. You should try harder. But this is Detroit. It's an original six team. You should try harder. And it's the last time in the building
1: there you know what they were two points that the Blackhawks could have used in the division race,
2: oh they, yeah, definitely, yeah, had they won that game, they'd be ahead of Minnesota right now, mm mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not gonna get overly worked up about it, but oh, heck I, no. I I was just you, surprised you get to it, see like though, right, yeah, yeah. of yeah. course i I just i it's just weird to see them of all the games to sort of lay an egg. you think they'd be a little bit excited to play in on that one, mm-hmm against a historic rival in the last game in a historic building but eh, they did not seem too into it And maybe your coach sends a message too and they say well you know the (laughs) the middle to the middle two-thirds of your defense we're just gonna bench yeah it wasn't And to see what happens it wasn't good yeah well again not the end of the world nothing to obsess about the anaheim game uh i don't (laughs) You just gotta tip your cap to Jonathan Bernier.
1: What else could you have done in that game? They not only did they have forty-three shots on goal, I think it was
2: a lot of high-quality ones. They were a
1: lot of good shots, and friggin' Jonathan Bernier. What tip the cap, move on. Like, what else are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, it's the same as the as the uh, Cam Talbot game against Edmonton a, a while back.
1: I I have utmost faith that if the Blackhawks played the Ducks in the playoffs, they would beat the crap out of that team. I did not see anything that scared me about Anaheim.
2: Uh, no, and you've got Corey Perry now, who has been demoted to the third line. In yep. Anaheim, he's what does he have? Twelve goals or something? Yeah, That's... he hadn't
1: he hadn't scored since like February, and he got a goal against the Blackhawks yeah it it was a little crazy yeah what's going on right now with NHL snipers I heard a stat today that Alex Ovechkin hadn't scored an even strength goal in his last 17 games what the heck is going on in this league right now?
2: I don't think he, he hasn't scored a goal at all in nine games
1: that that was correct yeah he had not scored a goal in nine games and he had gone without a goal at even strength in 17 that's almost a quarter of the season trade him (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah maybe uh the hawks can get the caps to eat some salary and we'll take them on for real cheap
1: yeah we'll we'll trade them for what um marcus krueger and a couple of picks yeah that'll work
2: yeah not to spoil my uh my my um what's it called hockey sin bin oh you uh,
1: got your sin bin i i'm not to come up with yeah one. you gotta
2: come up with one you did something bad in detroit for sure
1: i haven't done anything particularly egregious this week I'm going to have to think about that. Well,
2: just a quick spoiler. If you want to trade Thomas Yurko for uh, Elvechkin, feel free.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, I, I made that comment in my athletic report card the other night. I was like, why do they keep uh, scratching Dennis Rasmussen for Thomas Yurko? Yurko literally has done nothing since literally. he got here. And, you want, and I was like, now I see why Detroit scratched him all the time.
2: Uh, the same Red Wings fan who I went to the uh game with in twenty fourteen uh we were texting the other night.
1: Insert wanking motion here.
2: And uh I, I said, uh yeah, Yurko hasn't shown much and his response, Yurko sucks. <laughs> that was it. And this is a guy who's not typically uh you know meatbally or non analytical. It was uh well there that is. So yeah I guess we have our answer on Yurko. I just don't, yeah, know, I guess what, I don't so. know what he does what does he do well. I know he scored yeah. a really cool shootout goal Back in the day, a long time ago.
1: Thomas Yurko apparently can score if he's in a top six environment, but they don't need him in a top six role. They don't need a top six forward right now. Nick Schmaltz and Richard Panick are doing just fine.
2: And yeah, you can't kick a guy out that's having success. You can't kick him out because you've got someone else that can, you know, to be effective needs to be there. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to earn your space, and he's done no. nothing to earn it. And I hate Do to, your I hate to uh, you know, give up on a guy so quickly, but you've got to see something. There's got to be a flash here and there. He's
1: coasting at times. I, I, I That's the best and fairest way I can describe it. It seems like he is coasting at times, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why. I, I, I don't get what he's doing out there. He doesn't back check. He's not particularly aggressive on the forecheck he doesn't really generate scoring opportunities just he isn't really showing me anything like do something well do do something to show you belong on the ice of those 12 guys and I think that's the message Joel Quenville sent today he's like look you you've been playing like crap we're not just gonna keep running you out there hoping you do something if you're not gonna play then you're not gonna play that's just the
2: way it is. Well, they've got plenty of other guys who have had a look up here and have shown at least something. Vincent Henestrosa has not scored with any regularity, but when he's on the ice, things seem to happen. You notice him playing, right? Yeah, yeah he's a little bit chaotic. He's a little out of control sometimes, but he's out there being aggressive and making things happen. When Tyler Mott was here, he didn't have any real great uh, you know, assets hockey-wise didn't have great speed great hands anything like that but he was a good smart hockey player that would work hard win board battles and then find himself in front of the net when the time called for it with Yurko first of all he never has the puck but I can't really analyze him with the puck because he never ever has it the few times he does has it have it he does seem to just kind of skate his way like right into another player almost as if he can't see them and they just take it away, and that's the end of it. There's, There's been nothing from Yurko that shows me what Stan Bowman saw in him. I don't know what it is. I know that he's got a better scouting eye than I do. He's got you know, amateur and pro scouts all over the country watching games. So there's, there had to be something that caught his eye about Thomas Yurko.
1: There had to be something you gave up a third-round pick for.
2: It's not caught my eye at all. I haven't seen a damn thing. Not even a glimpse of, okay, that was something. There was a little... Yeah. Maybe a play that didn't work out or a shot that was blocked, whatever. No, there's been literally nothing that I've seen from Thomas Yurko that makes me think that he's long for this team.
1: Completely accurate, and I completely agree with you on all counts there. It's just completely baffling to me why he keeps getting into the lineup over Dennis Rasmussen and Jordan Tutu. And I never thought I would utter the words, I'd rather have Jordan Tutu in the lineup than blank. I'd rather have him in there right now than Yuriko.
2: I really would. He does something. He serves a, he serves a purpose. Yep. Yeah. He goes out there. He plays physically. Now and again, he'll drop the gloves. And you saw him getting an assist today. He had a goal the other day. The guy knows how to play. There's a reason he's been in league as long as he's been. I'm really
1: disappointed that Trevor Van Riemsdyk didn't get his assist the other night to get a Gordie Howe hat trick at uh, the last game at the Joe. That would have been <sighs> kind of cool.
2: See, this is another guy, too that we've not talked about during this podcast yet but uh he keeps scoring goals which to me it's kind of frustrating because he's done really nothing else to warrant staying on the ice yeah some of his defensive play lately has been absolutely terrible there was a play today um trying to think of who might have been niederreiter was sort of driving in on him and he didn't know which way to turn he got all turned around and once again you saw him with his back to the forward that was attacking him. I hate uh, when
1: he does that.
2: In the defensive zone. It's one thing if the guy's coming through the neutral zone and you're busting back to try to, you know, yep. stop him from scoring and you're gonna turn around and face him. This was in the defensive zone, he's got his back to the forward with the puck. That come on, man. That and and we talk about what we don't understand what, what the coaching staff or the or the or Bowman sees in the guy. I don't know what Van Riemsdyk is doing to keep him on the ice versus Michael Kempney. I I just I, don't see it.
1: I, I thought Michael Kempney put together a couple of nice games when Nick Jalmerson was out and now he's not in the lineup again. It just to me, I felt like he was finally figuring it out. Like he was given a chance and he was finally doing some stuff right and then right back out of the lineup again. I yeah. I agree, I agree with you, man. I don't get why Trevor Van Riemsdyk is just this, like, golden child who never never gets punished when he does something wrong. Never gets taken out of the lineup. It's frustrating. He has not earned a constant spot in the mix. He hasn't.
2: No. If his name wasn't Van Riemsdyk, is he still in the league?
1: I, I, If he was with another team, do you think he'd still be in the league? Or would he have been sent down to the AHL by now?
2: You would think so. To and me, just... Kempney is clearly better. And here's another thing. As much as we bag on the guy, when Roosevelt's been out, he hasn't been awful either.
1: No, he hasn't. Like, he he has bad moments. Like, sure. Friday Friday's game was terrible. That That was like a burn the film kind of game. He had several really bad turnovers and got caught. He got crossed up several times on rushes. He looked really bad. But for the most part, he's been okay. And you know what? You can deal with okay for a third-pairing defenseman.
2: Yeah, I don't I, I guess, you know, if I had to decide Roosevelt and Van Riemsdyk, I guess, to be realistic, I'm going Van Riemsdyk just because he's a little bit faster and he can make up for his mistakes better, but I just don't know what he's done.
1: Fortunately for us, we don't necessarily have to make that choice now that they've got Johnny Oduya.
2: Now... Well, someone's got to be that six though, and Van Riemsdyk's <laughs> been in... And you know, I I want I, to be Kempney. See yeah. what you got you know what you have. In I would love psych. to see Campbell and
1: Kempney together. I would love to see how that would work.
2: Be interesting. Yeah, could be a little adventurous. A little bit. <laughs> but it'd be well, you know, it, I guess it doesn't matter. When the playoffs come, the Hawks pretty much roll for anyway. Brian Campbell will see some power play time and yep. some good matchups, and they'll sneak him in that way. And I, I very much doubt that whoever number six is, you'll see what what has it been kind of typically four or five minutes a game from those guys?
1: Uh, and a little bit more like eight, maybe eight, nine. Yeah.
2: So I guess it's not a huge deal, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's just, just a- sort of frustrating. Like wh- what has he done that Kemney hasn't is kind of my question.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a really, um, interesting conundrum that the Blackhawks have, because like you said, you're not looking for a lot, but dear God, do something, man. And I know you got, he has goals and back-to-back games Woo! he's also given <laughs> up a million scoring opportunities that all in all likelihood should have resulted in goals if they didn't so
2: yeah <laughs> yeah hey well if you're in the mood to order yourself a uh trevor van reams like jersey maybe a las vegas golden knights version there be you good go for you yeah uh you know triple threat sports is the best place to go in the area to get that done but did you also know my friends that they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys whether you're an elite travel, high school, or college program that needs outfits, hundreds of kids, or if you're a beer and pizza league team with 12 players, Triple Threat can put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Triple Threat Sports can work with you on every aspect of the job. Logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it. And you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. They can get uniforms and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708 Six zero nine zero. That's seven oh eight four seven eight six zero nine zero. Or email him for more info at Chris at triplethreadsports.com. triple threatsports.com. Triple if you can wear it, they can make it. And we want to continue uh, thanking Chris for supplying the shirts for the Patreon site. That's patreon.com slash madhouse pod if you'd like to support the podcast. Uh, last couple weeks, I've been talking to you guys too about that twenty six shirts promotion. Uh, we have sold upwards of eighty shirts. Um, so thank you all for ordering. Uh, that's a lot of money going to Rush Hospital in memory of my sister who passed uh, back in January. Um, that deal is over. The promotion's over. But thank you for everyone that did jump in and buy either the Welcome to the Madhouse or Duncan Teeth T-shirts. Um, much appreciated. Got a lot of money uh, going to a great cause. So thank you for that.
1: Rockin'. Yeah. Um, All right.
2: Are you ready for the Bin, or you got something else you want to get to first?
1: Well, considering we were just talking about uh uniforms and logos and stuff I figured uh since we're gonna have to obviously forego Addy's fashion corner yes. tonight um based on illness i I've been watching a lot of world baseball classic lately and I have a i have a i have a conundrum in my head right now okay do I want a team USA hat or do I want a Team Israel hat? Because the Team Israel hat looks amazing, and I love it.
2: Are you Jewish?
1: I am not, which is why I have a conundrum. If it was based solely on the look of it, I would just buy it. But
2: yeah, I think since that's I'm sort not of a, Jewish, yeah. That's that's a tricky situation. It's one thing if it's a country. Um, and if the hat like just said Israel. Israel is a country. Well, I know that, but it's got the Star of David on it. Okay. And to that's me, that, the, sort of rec- okay. that sort of that sort of that's more about a religion.
1: I suppose, you should ask yeah. a
2: Jew, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the best person to say. Maybe that could be a new segment on our show. Ask a Jew. Ask a Jew. Um, but I wouldn't. I would feel uncomfortable wearing an Israel hat. As much as I love the way it looks, and I like. The, I think their uniforms are sweet with like the dark gray. Yes. They yep. look amazing. Uh, so if you have, if you're choosing between the two, get a USA hat. However. The USA hat is garbage. It's, it's so not generic. Very good. Yeah. It looks like something you get at Walmart before the 4th of July.
1: I'm not, I might end up getting a Team Canada hat because I think their hat looked really nice.
2: Uh, if you like that, may I recommend to you the Navy Blue uh, Toronto Blue Jays spring training hat?
1: I actually just ordered one. Yeah. I, love, I love that hat.
2: That is very cool. I, I had one in my hand the other day, and I almost bought it, but I quickly decided against it because I knew I'm going to be at the... Um, tonight I le- or tomorrow morning I'll try again. Tomorrow afternoon I leave for Mesa for spring training with the score. Yep. And I know I'm going to be in that pro shop and something there is going to catch my eye so you know I got to be uh got to yep. be on uh, top of those things.
1: Uh, on Tuesday I will be flying out to San Diego. I'll be at the World Baseball Classic game on Wednesday night. I do believe Team USA will be playing in that game. So I will get to see Paul Goldschmidt and John Carlos Stanton and all the boys. I think, uh, Chris Archer might be pitching that night too. So that would be uh future cub, Chris Archer.
2: <laughs> See how you know, and I, it seems like you're real into this and I know I've noticed from your tweets that you are, you're sort of watching and tweeting along. I've, with been, every game. I've been
1: digging it, man. I really have been,
2: I thought I would be into it more than I have been. I really did. And I, I just, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a time thing or just other options. Cause I know it's hard for me now to watch games that don't matter. I yeah. used to be all over that. Now it's like uh I get all excited for Bears preseason then like one snap is off, I'm like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> you know, like it's more of just a welcoming of the sport. Um and I can't, you know, now that the Cubs have won the World Series and the Hawks have won Stanley Cups, these uh exhibition games don't mean a lot to me. And I know the World Baseball Classic counts for something, but
1: and it clearly yeah. means a lot to the fans of other countries. Like that Dominican yes. Republic USA <laughs> game the other night was incredible. Well, how
2: about the one last night with Puerto Rico and Mexico where people are fighting in the stands?
1: That was pretty rad. Uh, the it- the Italy Mexico game on Thursday night ended up being a classic because Italy came back and scored. I think five runs in the bottom of the ninth. And Cubs prospect Mister Ant- John Andrioli, God, he had a good. He's had a good run. Think he had another home run today. He's been raking in the World Baseball Classic.
2: Hmm. So So I he, wonder now see another thing that's kind of gotten to me about that is it's not the best players playing.
1: Uh for certain teams it is. I think the Dominican Republic couldn't have done much better. They have an incredible lineup. I mean, that's you got like, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Adrian Beltre, Manny Machado, team puerto rico their infield they've got carlos correa francisco lindor and javier baez that's pretty good that's mind-bogglingly good and then you have the united states (laughs) who has never had clayton kershaw mike trout chris bryant bryce harper none of those guys play in the world baseball classic clearly the one country who probably should care most about it since we end up hosting a lot of it doesn't the united states doesn't care it feels like a lot of other countries do but we don't
2: well let's turn this over to hockey since we're in a hockey podcast and we just this last summer had the world cup of hockey where all of the best players played and the ones that didn't were left off the team for moronic purposes because our yep. coaches are asshats uh-huh. but imagine how the world cup of hockey would go over if all the teams from around the world stack their rosters with all their best players and then canada Filled their team with like second tier guys, you know, yeah. like oh, like Crosby sitting out. McDavid's not gonna play. Uh, PK Subban, he's gonna miss it. You well, know, PK Subban did miss it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like if the if the key nation, if the main country of the sport is out, it's, I think it's hard for other pe- for you know fans to take seriously. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like the players are, and 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 especially in America where. Um, you know, we don't, we don't live for, we don't like t- ties in sports. We want the game to be settled and guys playing a hundred percent all the time. Like we just can't get, over. like that's why I think soccer will never happen here because you know, the fact that they're not attacking nonstop would make Americans mad. <laughs> you know, like why are you passing it backwards? I, I stumbled across the old, um, you don't know, remember that J- Jason Sudeikis, uh, NBCSN promos where he was the new coach for Tottenham Hotspur, but I he was an American recall. football coach. Yep, and that, it's totally true. Like Americans don't like uh, patience in sports. Everything has to be urgent, 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 urgent all the time. Or you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm off on a tangent, but <laughs> my point is that I feel like all these world, you know, World Series, uh, you know, baseball classics, and World Cups, they're all better when the best players are involved, and you see that in soccer. The World Cup is one of the biggest things, probably second to the Champions League, would you say, or was it even bigger?
1: I think the World Cup is, is the biggest. bigger. Yep.
2: And that, and the players care, and they find a way to make it the biggest thing. Yep. And, and you know, it's they play year-round soccer. You know, you can find a way to do this World Baseball Classic and have it matter and have it count. And I don't know if it's, you do it in a, uh, you know, down in the South or in the uh, Arizona when the season ends a sort of bonus baseball um, because most of the players have not made it to the world series and but they're still in game shape you know there's a way to do it there's got to be a way to do it where people would get into it and i just don't know what it is maybe it's the olympics maybe if they had olympic baseball where all the best players decided to play People would get invested in it. But...
1: I I don't think there is any way in God's green earth they're going to stop the Major League Baseball season for the Olympics. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's why they have the World Baseball Classic is so that they don't have to.
2: Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, c- but could they theoretically? Well, see, but then they'd have to shorten the season. They'd lose revenue. yep There's mm-hmm. no way to do it.
1: No, I don't think the owners would go for it at all.
2: Oh, well, that sucks.
1: Yeah. Kind of a kind of a bummer. You want to do the sin bin now? Maybe we'll make ourselves feel better.
2: Yeah, let's do the sin bin.
1: Let's enter the sin bin on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You
0: go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know. <laughs> And then you get free.
2: The Sin Bin, as always, is b- sponsored by our friends at Marishka's Restaurant. Oh, Marishka. It's not a sin to go to Marishka's.
1: It's sinfully good, though.
2: It's a sin to not go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's smooth. That's good, <laughs> right, <writing>, Dickie? 604 <laughs> Theodore Street in Crest Hill, just west of Route 53. You know Marishka's. Come on. Get over there. 815 723 9371. Family owned and operated at the same location since 1933. And it shows that place is loved, and their customers are loved, and it's an old-fashioned place that treats you the way customers used to be treated and should still be treated, in my opinion, damn it. Hand-cut products in their own butcher shop, including their own steaks, burgers, and the famous Poor Boy Sandwich. Oh, yes, dreaming about mm. that. Serving the highest quality steak, seafood, and chops, and numerous homemade items made fresh in-house, including their onion rings and the double-baked potatoes. The Icelandic Cod, hand-cut on premises. I finally had the Cod uh, last Friday. Amazing. Everything I thought it would be and more. They have a full carryout menu and a full bar with craft beers. banquet facilities for up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com and check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're open seven days a week and close only on Christmas Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So we thank Marishkas for their continued support. We love them. We want to marry them. I would eat that every day for the rest of my life. I agree. Yes.
1: Alright. Well, I think you uh you seem very gung ho for uh Sinbin today, so what do you got, sir?
2: Well I kinda of blew my Sinbin wad. Um I ah. I am a very uh patient uh person when it comes to analyzing a hockey player. I will give a guy time, give him the benefit of the doubts. Um but I have pretty much flat out given up on Thomas Yurko after two weeks. And we went through the reasons before, but I think he's just—he has shown literally nothing. If I'm a guy that gets traded to uh, the best franchise of the last decade, that's got a legit chance of winning a Stanley Cup, that's full of exciting young players and you know battle-scarred, proven veterans with tons of hardware, I'm going to do the my damnedest to stay on that team and to impress that team and mm-hmm. do everything I can to be part of that long term. And he has shown absolutely. Nothing, and yes, his ice time has been limited for sure, and yes, he's played on the bottom six for sure. I understand that, but you've got if if he's a guy worthy of top six minutes, he's gotta show flashes of 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 top six play, even when Nick Schmaltz was down there sort of floundering uh before he was sent down to Rockford earlier this year, floundering on the bottom six, struggling big time, still had those moments where you'd say that's a first round pick, right? You would see a play here or there or a little decision or a move or a pass or something that would indicate to you this guy has special talent i've not seen that from Yurko. it was not seen at all from him in detroit and uh, i think we're looking at uh, a career ahler and a guy who probably will not be back with the blackhawks next year if he is it's for dirt dirt cheap
1: i thought it was a really good pick when the red wings got him i think in the second round of the 11 draft and he just hasn't panned out at all he just is not, he's not great. And I haven't seen much from him to warrant enthusiasm or optimism. So I'm not calling a penalty on you on this Sinbin bin one. I, I get like wanting to stay patient and feeling bad that you haven't, but why, why, why should you, you you've yeah. had enough game tape to kind of see that it's just not, not something's not fitting. Something's not quite right there. So yeah, no penalty for you. I don't think. Thank you.
2: <clears throat> How about you?
1: I had a very, very, (laughs) like, you you know how, um, what's the old saying? People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yes. I chucked a boulder the other night when I was at the (laughs) Joe, when I went to the bathroom after the game, one of the urinal, they have troughs there. Like they do at Wrigley field. Mm -hmm. And I got to witness something I have never gotten to witness before. And I hope never to again.
2: Now I have to know, hurry up.
1: drunken Red Wings fans decided that they were going to continue peeing into a trough that was not flushing. And I got to watch and witness as a pair of fans sat there, you know, tinkling into the trough and watching it like the red sea parting, just come over the edge and basically go all over their feet. And I instantly took to Twitter and I said, I had the audacity to say, that I've been to Wrigley Field, and yet I have never witnessed this. And I got all high and mighty about the urinal troughs. I completely forgot, ignored, whatever, the 2015 season, when fans were literally pissing in cups because they could not get into the bathrooms at Wrigley Field. So, I am an idiot, (laughs) and I went ahead and judged the urination habits of another fan base thereby throwing a giant boulder inside of a glass bathroom stall.
2: All right, here's my defensive view. There's a different story when there's not enough bathrooms to accommodate people, and you just, I mean, that Wrigley situation was a disaster. And people were probably at the point where it was, I either do this or I wet myself. Yep. So they did it. I'm sure a couple guys were just drunk and didn't, you know, they were doing it to be ass wipes, whatever. Uh, to go into a working bathroom, and see that, hmm. If I keep peeing on this, chances are it's gonna overflow that well, and just go. That to me is a different thing. That is moronic. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's one of the dumbest things I've ever. I mean, this reminds me of uh, the night we had the really bad storm. Uh, you know what was that like? All the tornadoes, maybe two weeks ago. Yep. Hope and I, we have like a well door, you know, like the kind of goes down to your basement from outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, man, I should go clean those leaves off. I'm sure you know that thing is starting to fill up, and I know I hadn't raked the leaves off of it in a while. And of course, it was filling up. So uh, I scraped the leaves off, and it drained normally. And then I was sort of keeping an eye on it, and then came down and uh, was had an eye on. Had the door open, and the hail started coming, and then the hail was clogging the drain. So I'm, oh my god, trying to sh- push the hail off the drain but it was ice cold so my hand was freezing. So I literally just stood there and watched the well door drain overflow into my basement instead of closing the door and sort of like damming it off. Like it was still gonna come in with the door closed but not as much. I literally just stood there and was like, I can't do anything about this. Except close the door, dumbass so eventually I figured (laughs) out to close the door and then it was like trickling you know it's still coming in kind of a lot so I had a wet dry vac and I'm just like sucking it up as it's coming in the door as best I can and then like damming it with towels and that was okay but it took me until I had like literally a river flowing in my back door for me to realize that perhaps I should shut the door and things (laughs) would be better so and I wasn't even drunk I have no excuse
1: (laughs) All right, so do I? Do I get a penalty for hypocrisy?
2: Uh, I'm going to give it to you just because I think that you're a guy that uh, you tr- you try not to be. So I feel like if I give you this penalty now, it's gonna you feel like you've served your sin. And, Perhaps uh, you, you'll I will be... learn my lesson. Exactly. I don't want to let you off the hook too easily.
1: Okay. All right. I, I think I think it's fair. I I accept it. I might uh, bark at you a little bit, but we'll see. Okay. Um. By the way, we were just talking about Corey Perry about. 20 minutes ago? Yes, sir. Just go, just scored another goal.
2: Oh, boy. He's back.
1: <laughs> yep. The lid the lid is off for Corey Perry. The lid is off the dumpster can. I'm sorry. I, I just called him trash. That was mean.
2: Uh, just, just saw a tweet from D- uh, Dimitri Filipich, who's a good follow on, on Twitter uh, from Sportsnet. He says, Corey Perry only has four more years after this one at a poultry 8.625 per. uh is Corey perry the second coming of dustin brown your oh thoughts
1: god um i don't think there is ever going to be another well okay i take that back because nhl gms always baffle me that dustin brown thing is one of the stupidest freaking things i've ever seen in my life good lord he got overpaid and for what exactly i'm not sure yeah
2: yeah uh it's a guy one of those uh uh, you know he brings leadership to our team and uh yeah that's it though and some dumbass penalties and some inconsistent scoring and you know that's like people rag on the seabrook thing and i've been critical of the deal too but damn at least the guy's still an effective hockey player Mm -hmm. and his leadership what what happened the other night where they mentioned that what was the uh the other night this is riveting stuff as i try to remember something that happened in some game where brent seabrook showed leadership i don't know anyway it was cool (laughs) (laughs) trust trust me on that i guess hey man it's late come on
1: (laughs) we're getting slap happy here in the final uh minutes of the Madhouse chicago hockey podcast all right well it happens
2: when we get slap happy that means it's time for emails you ready
1: darn right i am
2: let's do it Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com
1: or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
2: The email segment is sponsored by the Black Oak, a newish addition to the South Suburbs. The Black Oak is a full-service restaurant and tavern located at 9630 South Pulaski in Oaklawn. The Black Oak serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner with hours from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week. So if you're awake... They're open. Correct. With signature burgers consisting of a proprietary, proprietary blend
1: of short rib brisket and chuck
2: correct yeah. and a steak sandwich made from australian Wagyu sirloin mm. you're sure to love every bite it is lent go on friday get the fish tacos they're amazing the wings are also great there's nothing bad at the black oak it's a great place they have 13 tvs so you'll catch every minute of the black hawks so stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere contact the black oak at 708-572-4500 or on facebook at facebook.com slash black oak tavern the black oak the south suburbs finest casual upscale dining and like we say every week when you go to these fine establishments tell them the guys at the madhouse podcast sent you and while you're telling them that, pop up your little podcast app and write us a nice five-star review saying why you enjoy the podcast so much if you think we suck don't bother you don't have to leave a review at all yeah,
1: like go go do something better with your life than leaving negative reviews on online.
2: Yes. But if you like the podcast, just give us five stars and a couple words on why you like it and it will help us become more visible to more people, giving us more fame and fortune.
1: Yeah, cuz we we definitely are making a bank off this thing.
2: You know it. Hey, yeah. man, we're you know what though? Because of the Patreon site, uh we got some cool stuff. Man. I had to fill out a tax return. Yeah. But, so, thank you. That means significance. So, we yeah, appreciate it. We're relevant. Well.
1: Well, we're relevant enough to the IRS.
2: We are regionally relevant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how that I, Chicago Hockey Podcast, regionally relevant since 2015.
2: I don't know if you get this. Like, James is famous. People know who James is. Do you get that, like, at family parties? Yes. Yeah, I get it, too. I'm like, I am like, uh, there's a small niche of people chicago hockey sports radio fans know who i am
1: i you know what and i still get people i still get friends who if i get shouted out on the radio or on tv or whatever they'll always text me and be like oh hey so-and-so said something about you my uh, friend sean the other day sent me a snapchat video of steve rosenbloom shouting me out on 670 the score so Apparently, it's, like, still a big deal to everybody that I actually get mentioned occasionally on radio shows. Yeah,
2: I I think I said last week, except my mom, who's never been impressed by anything I've ever done until I got in a Twitter fight with Bruce Wolf. Then she was like, (laughs) Bruce (laughs) Wolf? I used to listen to him. Oh, my gosh. Like, thanks, Mom. Like I said, I got in a Twitter fight with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more about Bruce. Anyway. All right, first email Uh, comes from Angelo Iovino. I like that name.
1: I wonder if that's I think I know that uh Twitter handle, so yeah. Go ahead.
2: Uh he says, Hi, Zach and James. <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> I was born in Chicago, raised by a diehard hawks fan, to be diehard hawks fans. Uh currently, however, I live in North Carolina. I've lived out of here out here for some time now, and I'm disappointed in the hockey community here. Understandably the Hurricanes are no snapshot of the Eastern Conference. grudgingly though, since I moved here in 2001, the Hawks are 2-6-0 versus the Canes of Carolina. To my question, do you feel there are characteristic differences in regards to the style of play for Eastern Conference teams and Western Conference teams? Uh, I understand with the reshuffling of the teams across conferences over the years, it may be skewed now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think there is a bit of a difference. Um but- I think that the East is a I – w- I guess maybe I'd call it more old school. It's a lot more physical. Oh, heck yeah. The players yep. are built uh, – most of the really big players in the league play in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, There's always exceptions, of course. But uh, I feel like the Eastern Conference style of play is a little more old-fashioned, a little more in-your-face, a little more uh, dump and chase and hard-checking, whereas the West is a more skilled game. I- it might just be a coincidence – but as for right now, that's sort of how it is, and I, and James, I, it sounds like you agree.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I, w- I was kind of trying to figure out like a possible like explanation of it, like why that would be like maybe the more limited travel schedule, perhaps. I don't like could that maybe have something to do with it? Guys have more time to recover, so they feel like they can kind of lay their bodies out on the line a little bit and play really physical hockey. Um, it could be a reputation thing with teams like philadelphia who's always had a reputation obviously is like a real you know physical bunch of guys or the rangers or you know whoever and then there are obviously exceptions to this teams like you know toronto who are playing really you know fast really aggressive offensive hockey teams like pittsburgh do it mm. but I, I i think there's like a combination of factors and i think maybe both of the things that i mentioned maybe that has a little bit to do with it
2: I think part of it too is the um, the reason they play that physical style is because rivalries are older and more uh, local. Yeah, like you've got a lot of really really close geographic teams there, um, and long time rivals. You know, the West. Most of the teams out west are newish. Um, whereas, you know, five of the original six are in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So that they've had a little more time to develop those rivalries. So I think those two factors are definitely a thing. But like you said, it could be shifting, you know, with the addition of Columbus and Detroit. And uh, now with the youth movement in Toronto, you could see the offensive speed thing picking up there a little bit. All right. Email mm-hmm. here from Charlie. Farrell, he says, uh, he always calls us James, J-A-Y-M-E-S. I like that. I ah, appreciate nice. that. He says, uh, <laughs> with recent talk in the podcast about names, I wonder, what would your hockey names be if you made it to the pros? It's got to end in E-R or Y, right? Caner is easy, but what would you be? Zawasker, Zaw-er, <laughs> mm. And for you, he says, Nevy, Never. What are your thoughts? Uh, I was given by Dan McNeil the hockey nickname Zawzer, um, which I think kind of works uh maybe. i don't know what else mine would really be and for you i don't know like maybe like i think they'd take your name and make like uh um like nova or something like that like they'd find yeah. a way to like like with crow with crawford mm-hmm. like they find a way to make it something else
1: or they like maybe maybe they just call me jim like they call like arteman isomoth they call him arty Artie. yeah maybe something like that
2: this, but it ends in y see yeah that's true J- mm. uh, jamal Jam- mayors they call jammer
1: jammer yeah
2: i don't know that's a good question
1: yeah uh i may- i need to talk to uh, maybe i'll talk to brent Sopel if i run into him at uh nbc i'll see what kind of hockey nickname advice he can give me
2: that would be super helpful i yeah. would appreciate that i just got i'm apparently talking very loud my wife can hear me she says yours would be noobs
1: Noves? Noves.
2: Mm-hmm. Or noobs.
1: News. I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of liked
2: never. That was all right with me. Yeah, but it's like... Yeah, it doesn't sound like a... Uh, it uh, sounds very negative. Sounds like a, yeah, exactly. It sounds like, a, like an insult. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that.
2: She says noobs. She just corrected me. Noobs.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is she actually in the room?
2: No, she's upstairs. I, oh, okay. I must okay. be under she... revenge or something.
1: Yeah, she didn't give you the... She didn't give you the uh, traditional greeting. I don't think uh, she's in
2: the mood to uh, make her usual podcast appearance as she's <laughs> been cleaning up vomit all night. But who knows? Mm, Maybe she'll surprise no- me.
1: Nothing more arousing than that. No,
2: that sounds really fun. Uh, okay. Ginger uh, Burger. Jin-jin. Uh He said, homework number one uh, CCD stands for cold coffee decaf. No. And then he says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the real question was, who do you prefer in the first round, Blues or Predators?
1: There you go. Uh,
2: and he says, I want the Blues, mostly because I love to hate them. Okay. Okay.
1: I can accept that. Quick and easy. Yeah. Way to go, Jun Burger.
2: Here's our buddy Ramwin Grimace, who was uh, very helpful with our podcast logos for last week's Facebook Live.
1: And he generally is helpful with
2: everything. He's a, he a good man or a woman. Uh, I can't assume it's a dude because he will not tell me or she will not per, tell me. Per-
1: Purple plush creature.
2: <laughs> Correct. He says, with 88 points, the Rangers currently sit in fourth place of the Metropolitan Division, but in possession of the first wild card, seeing as this would likely mean a first-round playoff date with the winner of the Atlantic, Atlantic Sorry. Atlantic. and that yeah. team is currently the Montreal Canadiens with 84 points, four fewer than the Rangers. God, that's dumb. Who gets home ice? The answer the, is the Canadians because the they won their division. Yep hockey baby uh leo from st louis wait no stl leo in stl not from stl okay he's okay, there so but he's... he's not from there
1: i wonder if he's being held there against his will blink twice if you can hear us <laughs>
2: yes leo will be there to help you yes. um he says i listen to slash read intelligent info from sources like you <laughs> that's a mistake Felsen yeah. and company the athletic and blackhawks breakdown do you have any illusions that the Hawks use analytics? Uh, I'm sorry, that the Hawks analytics use outside media to optimize matchup strategy, etc. So mm-hmm. the question is, do they use information from people like Black Hawks Breakdown or? I I,
1: I strongly doubt it. Um, they they would I would imagine have their own proprietary data sets and all that, and guys working on those kinds of numbers. So no, I don't. I don't think so. I I don't think they kind of put their finger in their mouth and then see where the prevailing wind is going. I don't. I don't think they do that. Do you?
2: No, I I think that. Well, the other thing too that the stuff that, that stat places like that, and especially Blackhawks breakdown, the best in the business. Uh, that, that he provides, it's stuff they could do on their own. It's it's mm-hmm. basically just graphing, and you know they've got their own ways to sort of look at it. I think Blackhawks breakdown. What he's great at is presenting it in an understandable way. And like the graphics he makes are very clear, unlike Thanks some of the nice. other ones where I look at them and I say, I know hockey pretty well, and I know analytics, and I have no effing idea what I'm looking at right now mm-hmm. or what any of it means. Everything he does, I know what it means. So the info is not his invention. The stats are not his invention, but the pre- presentation is, Uh, is how he does it and that's what makes him stand out to me among others the so long story short i think the hawks probably do it on their own and they do it present it in their own way so they have like their own universal organizational um you know way to look at things and they all have the same info and then they also don't have to worry about um someone having a typo or Mm -hmm. counting wrong or you know they've got checks and balances there that you know give them the info they need just like with uh, Theo Epstein, you used to talk about Carmine in Boston, and it's got another name here. I forget what it is, yeah. but it's just their proprietary, uh, you know, metric system that they use.
1: I think it was one of my favorite, uh, I read the article that Wright Thompson wrote about Theo Epstein back during the summer. My favorite bit of that article was literally the very beginning where you walk into their offices at uh, Clark and Addison and... They have all these equations written on the glass in their offices, and they're all completely meaningless.
2: <laughs>
1: it's just its just a bunch of, like, random algebra that means nothing, and everyone always, like, ooze and ahs at it, and Theo and Jed just sit there and they chuckle knowing that it doesn't mean anything.
2: Isn't it called Ivy? Isn't that the Cubs version of... Combine? I believe
1: it is called Ivy, yes.
2: Something like that. All right, last email of the show goes to our pal Ryan Tennant. Uh, this he's is your of...
1: pal, he's not mine.
2: Wow. What
1: a dick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
2: All right, well Ryan, Ryan is
1: Ryan is always very good, to us
2: Alright, he's got a couple thoughts here. Uh the second part's long, but um I'm gonna read it because he emails every week and I like him. So good first boy. for the homework. The blues are my absolute are absolutely my preferred first round opponent for the Blake Blackhawks. The Blake Jay Hawks. gallon sucks. There you and go. And so does their blue line. Tarasenko is the only real offensive threat. And the rest of their forwards don't have the kind of speed or skill to really threaten the Blackhawks in a seven-game series. I don't really fear Nashville or Edmonton either, though I do think Edmonton has the kind of speed that might prove annoying to the Blackhawks. The biggest threat in the West, in the West, no, come in on, the, on, dude! In the West seems to be the Wild, but the Hawks have suddenly won three straight from them, and they have a penchant for cracking even the hottest of goalies like a piñata and feasting on their delicious candy errands. God, <laughs> Giving enough wax at them.
1: What a great metaphor. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> so I'm not too scared of Dubnik. Now on to the other point. In the last podcast, you mentioned some criticism of Sam Bowman, and it's something I simply cannot fathom. I don't think any team has been more competitive over his time as GM than the Blackhawks, and while they've had a first, a few first-round outs in the playoffs, they've had enough talent on the roster every single year to realistically compete for the Stanley Cup with the possible exception of the 2011 squad that still took overtime to Game 7 to put down. Bowman hasn't been perfect, but what is his biggest sin? A marginal overpay for Kane and Taze when it looked like the salary cap was going to grow substantially every year? Mm -hmm. Paying Seabrook like a great player in his prime instead of a good player on the downside of his peak? Even looking at guys he's traded away, the only two I really miss are Bufflin and Sod. Both moves forced by the salary cap, And not made because of talent evaluation he probably hasn't won every deal he's made but it's hard to say he's really lost any either despite the blackhawks being up against the salary cap every single year bowman has built a team that is a threat to win the stanley cup every single year while working some kind of voodoo magic in the draft despite constant or consistently picking towards the back end of it that fans feel the need to criticize bowman because they like dale Talon is just beyond my comprehension no yeah. knock on Talon, but how many times have the Panthers raised a banner with him in charge? Whew. That's um, it.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of... There it that's is. That's a mic drop kind of thing, man.
2: I think Ryan uh, summed it up very nicely.
1: I really think he did. And uh, I, I completely agree with him that even trades that by all measure he should have lost, i.e. Brandon sod he didn't. Nope. He I I think it can be argued that Stan Bowman won that trade, even though Brandon Sod is an incredible player. I think that considering all the factors, including you had to get rid of him, I think they they won that trade, I think. I think you can make that argument.
2: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708 478 6090 the black oak in oak Lawn, the south suburbs finest casual upscale dining and mariska's in crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 thank you all very much for listening i am headed for arizona J- james is headed for san diego we will do a podcast well when i get back and james is in phoenix That's we will correct. make that work we'll get that done via skype like we do most weeks Uh, But until then, we will talk to you guys very soon on the next Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast when hopefully Addie's Fashion Corner makes its glorious return.
1: Praise be to God.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.
0: If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a park ranger, but the only quotes they'd probably give you would be about the beauty of a fallen leaf or ripples in a pond, not the kind that could save you money on your policies. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, who's an expert navigator of the insurance landscape. They could use their expertise to guide you on ways to save hundreds on your policies, while leaving it up to your park ranger to save the wilderness and any endangered picnic baskets. Go online to geico.com local to find a GEICO agent near you. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. A board-certified OB-GYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a bona fide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to hellobonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's hellobonafide.com and code RADIO39.
1: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only.